Hey, this is Pastor Bradley, and I want to welcome you to the Res Church podcast. Res Church is a place where people discover life through knowing and following Jesus. And so we hope that you will be blessed by this message. So we have a scripture reading as well for our uh, sermon. And again, as we, uh, we read the scripture ahead of time, it's kind of a way of setting the stage of, of getting our minds prepared as well of what's going to be talked about. And then, um, so this is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Ephesians four seventeen through 24, and it says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and you were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, good morning. I'm Jonathan, one of the elders here. Thank you, Donnie, for breaking the ice, bud. Appreciate it, thinking of me. So, this morning, I get here at 7.30 this morning. Excited to get here early, get my mind in the right place, spend some time praying, get over to the, parsonage, or to the offices, and Bradley's there, greets me with a nice smile this morning. And as we kind of just shoot the breeze a little bit, time's ticking. I'm like, all right, I got to get in, get in here and get going. So I'll see you in a little bit. Bradley goes, I'm sorry, man, the, it's so cold in here. Uh, forgot to turn the heat on for you. You know, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll be just fine. So that's what we call rookie hazing around here. So. Uh, <laughs> Andy and Donnie, I'm sorry. I don't know what's coming for you, but all I did for an hour and a half was chatter and freeze my off (laughs) trying to get my mind straight for today, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thank you, brother. Very thoughtful of you. So I want to start with two questions today that by the end, hopefully we can answer these two questions. The first is, is any day do you consider or ask yourself, I see this behavior that I'm doing. I understand and I recognize that this behavior is not who I am in Christ, but why do I keep doing this? That's the first question that we want to answer. The second question is, What's it going to take for me to stop doing this? I recognize it. I recognize that it's not of me in Christ. Second question is, what's it going to take for me to stop doing this? So let's pray that God can help us to answer those questions. Dear God, I thank you 
I thank you that you're here. I feel your presence today. As we were worshiping, Father, it's, it's evident that you're here, and I, I welcome you to, to cover me, Father. Help me, help me to speak your word, declare your word with boldness. Help me, Father, to speak it in a way that ears can hear and lives can be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So many times I've asked myself this same question and prayed, God, why is it that I see a behavior in my life that's not glorifying to you, that's not helping me to build up my fellow believers? And even though I'm aware of a behavior, I continue to struggle to put it off. And I know that in Christ, I am a new creation. I know that I have been saved. I know that he has given me a new heart. And I know that I have been washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I also know that my joy and my ultimate satisfaction is in him and not in what the world would offer. But yet I still have behaviors that maybe don't line up with who I know to be. An example of this in my life, and you can probably think of maybe an example in yours, but for me, it's at times I struggle with speaking harshly to my wife. At times, I struggle to have a mean tone towards her. And for many years, I had a difficulty recognizing this tone. I wasn't, I would speak and I wasn't even aware of it. And in the difficulty of recognizing it, my wife, Mandy, would say, Jonathan, you're speaking harshly. Please stop. You're not speaking kindly towards me. And it was because of her speaking the truth in love towards me that I noticed the behavior. And I noticed that this behavior was detrimental to our unity and our peace in our relationship. And it's because of the Holy Spirit that was working through her that I was aware that I was not building her up in love and that I was not walking out of who Christ has called me to be. I needed her to help me to see this by the help of the Holy Spirit. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, as she sharpened me, my awareness of this behavior became more apparent. And so in the last year or two, I've been praying to the Holy Spirit, God, help me to be more aware of this behavior in my life. Help me to see this behavior and put it off and no longer let this be who I am because this is not who you've made me to be. And so as I have started praying with a close friend On a weekly basis, I became transparent with him about this struggle of speaking harshly and how so desperately I wanted this to no longer be a part of me and to put it off and to no longer struggle with this. And he said to me, he said, the fact that you're even aware of the behavior, the fact that you're even seeing it is the work of God in you. This is the grace of God making you aware of the behavior, and it is because of the work of God in you that you're able to see that this doesn't line up with who he has called you to be, 
a child of God. So I thank God for his grace in renewing my mind so that I could be aware of the behavior. And I also thank God for his work that even though I fail, even though I'm aware of the behavior, and even though I still struggle at times and I fail, it's because of him and that I boast in him in the work that he is continuing to do and to renew my mind. So in the beginning of Ephesians 4, Paul urged us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which he's called us. He asked us to walk in unity, and he asked us all to build each other up as we are part of the body. And we do this as we grow in our knowledge of who we are, and we do this as we grow in the knowledge of who God has called us to be, but also in our knowledge and our faith of him so that we are not tossed to and fro as children, but so that we can speak truth in love to each other, so that we're able to build each other up and work properly in the body. So today in our text, Paul brings us into the physician exam room. This is my way of kind of getting us all to kind of zoom in a little bit. So Paul is our physician assistant today. And God is the great physician. You're in God's heart exam room today. He wants you there because you're in his body and you're part of his church. Why does God want to do a diagnosis on your heart? He desires that you work properly. And he desires that you are being part of his body, are helping to make those around you work properly, but also for his glory and for his namesake. In Jeremiah 17, 10, God says, I, the, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. In Jeremiah 12, 3, Jeremiah prays to God and says, but you, O Lord, know, you see me, and test my heart towards you. So today I pray that we can come to this text with a broken and contrite spirit. I pray that we can let this word speak to our heart and point out those areas that maybe we're behaving in a way that isn't in line with who God has called us to be. So I invite you into the room. In the room, there's three people. There's God, there's Paul, and there's you. And God wants to shine a light on some areas in our heart today. So let's go to the verses here in Ephesians 4, 17. I'm going to read 17 through 19 again. Now, that is, now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. If you notice, this is a shift from where Paul was talking in the first 16 verses, that was kind of a corporate 
everyone in the body. He's shifting right here. He says, now. Remember, there's only three people in the room. He's so focused into you. He's talking straight to you. Now, you must no longer walk. And typically when we hear that, we're like, whoa, Paul, what do you mean, me? I'm fine. It's that other person over there that's not doing their part. They're the one that's not working properly. It's not me. What do you mean, Paul? I'm fine. I do my good deeds. I I live as I'm supposed to live. But why is it that our first response, anytime scripture becomes very pointed, and it's no longer talking about we, it's talking about you, why is it that our first response is, must not be talking about me, I'm just fine. But I ask that you would heed the words of Paul today. He's speaking the truth in love to each one of you. So let's talk about you. How are you working properly in the body? For you to understand how you're working properly, first, Paul wants us to recognize who you used to be. Again, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to us who are in the body. So first, we need to recognize who we used to be so we can see who we are now and what doesn't line up. So Paul in Ephesians 2 explains who we used to be. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Did you get that? You. You used to be dead. You used to be operating under the power of the darkness, the sons of disobedience, among which we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's who you used to be. How does that sit? Let the weight of that come to you as God is sitting in the room, Paul's sitting in the room, and he's saying, this is who you used to be. But thanks for verse 2, or verse 4. But God, being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. It's kind of interesting. In verse 17, he says, Now you must no longer walk. He just told you who you were, used to be. He told you who you are and encouraged you to walk in it. And here he is again saying, 
you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, referring to that unsaved old self before God in his mercy and in his grace saved you. Paul is saying you're not like that anymore, so stop behaving like your old self. Stop behaving like the unsaved person I know you're not. Paul, what do you mean I'm still acting like an unsaved person? Don't forget, we're still sitting in the room. Still three people in the room. He just laid this heavy diagnosis right on you. You're like, what do you mean? I didn't know I had high cholesterol. I feel fine, Paul. I didn't know I had high blood pressure. What do you mean? Exercise every day. Eat good. Fine. Drink lots of water. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm a saved Christian? What do you mean I don't, I'm doing things that don't line up with who you've made me to be? The key is, is are you aware of the behaviors? Are you aware of them? So Paul emphasizes that our old mindset is called the futility of the mind. That's how we used to think. Another way to put that is vain thinking. Vain thinking is living without any awareness of how your behaviors are affecting you and how your behaviors are affecting others. Walking, living in a manner that is purposeless, void of the truth, and willfully opposing what is good and what is right. That's how you used to think. That's how you used to live. But Paul's saying there's still some behaviors that are lining up with that, or else he wouldn't say, you must no longer. It means you are, thus we need to stop. What's the root cause of this futility of the mind? He says it in verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to, there's the root, there's the cause. Due to the hardness of heart. The root of vain thinking is the hardness of heart. A hard heart is a heart that is darkened in the understanding of who God's made you to be and the purpose in which he's made you for. What's the purpose he's made you for? To glorify him in everything that you do, in everything that you say, how you react with other people. Again, we can't lose sight that this is talking about relationships, right? We're coming straight out of be in unity as a body, work properly as you are part of the body. When you're darkened in your understanding, you can't see Christ as the truth. You can't see the truth and that the truth is in him. So we're ignorant. Our spiritual eyes are closed. Our spiritual ears are closed. And we're ignorant and we're alienated from a life with God. That's what a hardened heart is. And Paul's saying, you're not darkened. You're not ignorant. You know the truth. This isn't who you are, but I still see behaviors that are operating out of this Old mindset. What are the behaviors that come out of a darkened heart, 
an alienated relationship, a hardened heart. He says it in verse 19. What does this manifest? How does it show up in our life? Verse 19 says, they become callous, which is another way for saying they've become hardened and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That's how it shows up. That's the result of a hardened heart. Is someone that is not aware of how their actions are detrimentally tearing them down in the spirit and in the mind as they continually give themselves up to every sensual, greedy action that the heart desires, the old heart, the hardened heart. Thus, they no longer feel the effect. They keep doing it. They keep giving themselves up. And a calloused heart is a heart that behaviors are destroying them, and they've become numb to the repercussions. What actions or behaviors are you numb to? What things do you do like I was doing? Like sometimes I still struggle to not do, and that is to speak harshly. I don't see myself as a harsh person, even though sometimes people say, man, you're pretty uh, intense. Thank you, Mary. (laughs) I'm so intense. No. I don't see myself as an intense person, but other people do, right? (laughs) I think I'm a pretty cool guy, right? But sometimes my intenseness or my inability to see how sometimes I affect others because maybe I'm a a little numb to that. But ultimately, God doesn't want us to be numb to how our actions are affecting others. Your diagnosis of your heart in the heart exam room with God and Paul right now is... You are a child of God. You are in the body of Christ. But you are still making choices that are lining up with your old self. So we have the diagnosis. When we're in the doctor's room, what's the next thing that happens? He says, this is how we're going to fix it. Right? He says, this is how we're going to fix it. So I want you to close your eyes a second. And I want you to feel and understand the gravity of what he just told you. Feel the weight of the diagnosis. Where is he putting putting his thumb? What action is he putting his thumb on? saying this is, this is the thing that's making that I want you to be more aware of. By my Holy Spirit, I want to make you aware of this. You're my child. You're in my body, and I want you to work properly. But this, this action right here has to change. You can open your eyes. So in the moment that we're waiting for the, God, how are we, 
I see, I recognize the behavior. What are we going to do? What, what are you going to do? How are you going to fix this, doctor? I need that pill. I need that quick fix. And God just sits there and he lets you feel the weight of it. Mandy loves it when I, she asks me a question and I just pause. <laughs> and that awkward pause of, she's like, did you hear me? Do you comprehend in what I asked? God, he wants you to feel the weight of that. That's not what I do to Mandy. It just takes me sometimes a little while to kind of collect my thoughts. I'm not trying to make her feel the weight of it, but the, sometimes in the pause, God's asking you, depend on me, trust in me, lean on me, not on your own understanding. In those moments, he's asking you to, Come and be at his feet. Rely on his grace and his mercy as the fix, not, not as formulating a plan in your own mind. Isn't it good to know that we have a God that doesn't leave us with the problem? Isn't it good that we have a God that has the answers, has the way in which he would have us to live in the new heart that he's given us and so that we can walk in the likeness that he has given us, the new creation that he has made us. So let's, let's hear about how he would have us to not walk in this old mindset. Verse 20 through 24 But that is not the way you learned Christ. I'm going to read it again. There's an exclamation point there. That means we've got to read it twice. <laughs> but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So let's don't leave, let's don't leave the room. We're in the room. It's God, it's Paul, and it's you. He gave you the diagnosis. And as your head is hanging, and as the Holy Spirit has pointed out that behavior in your heart, your head's hanging in guilt, and God's given you the opportunity to feel the weight of that. God scoots the chair up real close to you. He scoots it up real close because he's a loving God. He's not a God that's mad at you. This exclamation point in verse 20 is not a, I'm yelling at you. I'm speaking harshly. That's not who God is. God is a loving God. He cares about your heart. And so he scoots up really, really close he says, Paul, I got this. Get out of the way. This is, 
This is my time. Thank you for setting the stage. Thank you for giving the diagnosis. And as he scoots up, he takes his hand and he lifts your eyes. He says, look at me. Look me in the eye right now. And he takes your hand and he says, I love you. You are my child. I've done a work in your heart. I've taken out your heart of stone. I've given you a heart of flesh. I've chosen you. I called you. I saved you. I washed you with the blood of Jesus Christ. I've filled you with the Holy Spirit. You have a renewed mind. Because of the work that I have done in you, Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27 says, And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you, I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is what I've done in you. He's looking at you in the eyes. He says, this is who I've made you to be. Not in his harsh tone, but in his love. And he says in verse 20 of Ephesians 4, he says, but this is not the way you learned Christ. The way you're acting those behaviors that I just put my finger on, that's not the way you learned my son. How have we learned Christ? What have we learned of Christ? In verse 21 it says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. God says, while I was in there doing your heart transplant, while I was in your heart, I gave you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And it's because of the Spirit that you're able to now see Him and know Him. Because your eyes can now see, and your ears can now hear. You've come to learn, my son. It's because of what I've done in your heart. And it's not that we just know what he did. This isn't talking about what Christ did. This is talking about the person of Christ. Who is he? You have learned him. You didn't just learn that he's raised somebody from the dead. Lazarus, yeah, that's great. It's not that he just healed the lame man. That's awesome. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about that you learn the personhood of who Christ is. Who is Christ? In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In John 10, 11, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. This is who I am. And I am the good shepherd that lays my life down for the sheep. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
The only way you can learn Christ is if your eyes and your ears have been opened. And he's done that. When did we hear? What was the result of our hearing? What were we taught? In Ephesians 1, 13, Paul tells us when we heard. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth. There it is. When you heard the word of truth. When we heard who Jesus is, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. What's the result of our hearing? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active. This word that we heard, it's living and active. And when we hear it, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the divisions of the soul and the spirit, of joint and of marrow, in discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's what the word does when we hear it. It pierces us. So when we hear the word of truth, when we hear the good news, our old sinful nature is revealed and God, by his grace, does a work in our heart, allowing us to see the truth, Christ. How are we taught? It says in Ephesians four twelve through 14, I'm going to actually start in 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip, to teach the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ. It's right now. This is how you are taught. You are taught in the one. What are we taught? We are taught in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. We are taught there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So God, looking at you in the eyes, holding your hand, speaking in a tone of love, he says, I've given you a new heart, You've heard, you've been taught. Now your part is to let the Holy Spirit that I put inside of you, whom I've given you, be renewed in your mind. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to a renewing of your mind. Verses 22 through 24 of Ephesians 4. To put off your old self, which belongs to your formal manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This isn't a one time renewing, this is a continual renewing, a daily, a daily rehearsing. Refreshing the truth of who you have learned, the Son, Christ, in order to renew your mind and to rehearse what you have learned and what you have been taught. 
and with the help of the Holy Spirit to help you to see who you have been made to be, and that is created in the likeness of God. And this is a continual thing. And we may call this the renewing of our mind. This is sanctified reasoning as opposed to vain thinking. Vain thinking, the futility of the mind. This is sanctified reasoning. What do I mean by sanctified reasoning? Now you can see the old former manner of life because he's opened your eyes to see them. As it says in verse 22, you're going to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life, your old self, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. You can see them now because you have been renewed in the mind. You have rehearsed and refreshed daily with the help of the Holy Spirit. And it's because of God opening our eyes that our sanctified reasoning is able to see these and as we renew, are renewed, our desires are changed. We're like, that's not me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me that. Thank you for making me aware of that behavior, of speaking harshly to my wife. Thank you for making me aware of it. And your desire to do that, now that you're aware of it and you see the detrimental effect it has, in the relationships that you're in, you put those off because you don't desire it anymore. God is not saying try harder to stop doing. Did you hear me? There nowhere in here does it say, all right, here's a five-point plan for you to wean yourself off of former manner of life, deceitful desires. God is not in the business of a five-step plan for you to fix yourself. He has done the work. Now he has given us the Holy Spirit to walk in that work that he has done in us. And the only way that we can walk in that is a continual renewing of our mind. A continual rehearsing of the truth. How do you continually renew your mind? For me, that's every day before my feet hit the floor. It's Holy Spirit, fill me today. Fill me today. Lead me to walk in the likeness of who you've created me to be, in my new self. The second way is to spend time rehearsing who Christ is, what he has done for you. You know it. He's opened your eyes to see it. He's given you the Holy Spirit to recognize who you now are. So rehearse it, refresh it. The only way to do that is through the word, right? For me, as I'm on the go all the time, for me that is instead of turning on the radio and hearing the trash of what's going on in this crazy world we live in, some coronavirus or something, or in Italy being shut down, and it's turning on the praise and worship music that leads me to rehearse who Christ is. It's the praise and worship music that leads me to remember 
Oh yeah, I'm made new because of him. And not fear that wells up inside of us because of, oh no, how am I going to make it through today because of all this craziness that's going on around me and the stock market's dropping and, uh, right? And asking the Holy Spirit to help us to walk in him as he fills us. So as our mind is continually renewed, the result is changed desires. Changed desires. And you will, by the help of the Holy Spirit, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which I have called you with all humility, with all gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And you will no longer desire the corrupt manners of your former life. So as we depend, as we abide on the Holy Spirit to help us to recognize these behaviors, the Holy Spirit renews our mind and renews our desires. So this is my prayer for you. Praise team, you can come. If you would, close your eyes with me. Dear God, I thank you for the work that you've done in our hearts, that you have changed us, that you have called us, that you have renewed us, and you've given us a heart of flesh that is sensitive to who you are. that is sensitive and aware of your Holy Spirit working in us, making us aware of our former behaviors that do not line up with who you've created us to be in your likeness, in your holiness, in your righteousness, because of your Son. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that as you renew us today, help us to continually renew our mind in you. Help us, Father, to to not allow for the noises of this world, the temptations of quick satisfaction, the temptations that this world would try to say, if you do this, if you follow this, you'll be satisfied. No, our satisfaction is in you. Help us, Father, to renew our mind every day with the truth that our joy and our satisfaction is only found in you. Father, our life is not our own. You've chosen us to be a part of your body. You've called each of us to serve. And it's imperative, Father, that we work properly in your body. And the only way that we can work properly in your body is if our mind is renewed. Renew us today. Today we're going to come to the table, to the Lord's table, so that our minds can be renewed as we rehearse what God has done for us. So as you're taking the elements, I would encourage you to let your mind be renewed as we remember what what Christ has done, who he is.
We hope that the Lord has blessed you through today's message, and we would love to hear from you. Tell us how God is working in your life and how we can pray for you. You can also help us reach others by investing at resfaith.com give. Thanks again for joining us.